Welcome everybody to the Abundant Journey podcast. It has uh, been a great week. We are glad you are joining us. As always, I am your host, Nick James, and I got my co-host, Nick Offenkamp, here with me. Nick, what's going on, man? Dude, I'm uh, I'm good. I'm sore. I uh, I completed my first half Ironman um, yesterday, which it's it's kind of unfortunate that they call it the uh, the half Ironman. And while I'll save the the story and experience for another time, I will say that uh, you saved my my butt um, yesterday. It, I didn't know that you and your family were planning to to come up. And uh, so I was dying on the run. I didn't bring enough food, and I had about six miles left to go. And all of a sudden, uh, like the clouds parted, and I see you in your minivan driving toward me with uh, sandwiches and um, with uh, uh, granola bars. And I, I don't think I, I would still be wandering around that lake if it uh, weren't for you showing up just in time. So um, all to say, I think I'm here this morning because of uh, you showing up in my moment of need yesterday. How are you? Man, I love playing the hero role. And if you were not going to bring up your the ha- the fact that you're half a man, you're half of an Iron Man, I was going to do it. But, uh, man, it's great to have you here. I'm glad you're alive and are <laughs> on the road to recovery from that. Uh, to those of our audience who have joined later here in the year, Nick is working towards an Iron Man. And it's something that this was a great litmus. And so, dude, you, you're, you're halfway there. But I, uh, I think we would do our guest injustice here for the fact that we're, we're, we're going into your story. Um, we have a great show today. We have a great episode lined up with, uh, with a guest who's near and dear to your heart. So tell us a little bit about what's in store. I'm so thrilled to have my dear friend Eric Bizey on the show with us. So uh, Eric and I met in uh, Minneapolis when I was doing pastoral ministry there. I uh, I got to know him and his lovely wife, and now they're they're three kids um, that uh, that they've had. And um, Eric is the the one who really got the wheels turning for me when it comes to um, investing in real estate and more than just investing when it came to having a much larger vision for my finances, um, financial freedom, and what it would look like to invest well to create passive income. He was the person that introduced me to those concepts. And why I'm so excited to have him on is because, um, one, he just he lives it. And then two, um, he's such a great teacher and communicator, and he has helped so many others uh, catch that vision for themselves their lives, their families. And um, I know that he's he's bettered a lot of people's lives in that way. Plus, he's an amazing man, amazing uh, husband and father. And so really excited to, uh, to glean some wisdom from you here. Eric, thanks so much for coming on. How are you doing today, man? I'm great. Anytime that I get like an uninterrupted hour-ish to, to talk about real estate with with some friends, uh, that's a good day. So, you that's know, a great day. <laughs> here, I'm excited to get after it. Awesome. It. Well, we're so grateful for you coming on. Um, we're going to get into your story, your background, what it is that kind of, you know, got into your DNA that made you, uh, get into real estate investing and entrepreneurship. Um, but maybe let's just start by talking about what are the things you're doing today. Uh, I know that you're um, a part owner of WITS, which is an amazing multifaceted brokerage. Um, You are a real estate broker, but uh, what would you like uh, for our listeners to know about kind of how you're spending the bulk of your time this week? Yeah, that's a great question. So um, let's see. I I would say the majority of my time is in working in the brokerage on the Bidesy Andrews real estate team. So helping people buy and sell single families and small multifamilies. Uh, That tends to be people who have a little bit more of uh, an investment mind. We still sell lots of retail properties, uh, but for whatever reason, people who tend to want to work with us also like want to be thinking about using their home, uh, to really push forth their values um, and and really use it as an asset. Um, mm-hmm. And that might be financial, that might be personal. Um, but it's it's there's a there's there's a saying that we like to 
to talk about is um, home is foundational to impact. Uh, and, and we, we try to live that out when we're, when we're helping people buy and sell outside of that, I, I do, um, like to stay plenty busy and uh, I'll, I'll say full. I, I don't like using the word busy. I, just, I stay full. Um, so that looks like, uh, managing some rental, uh, properties. Um, we, so as a part owner of wits, we have a handful of, various other entities. Um, so construction, um, so a small construction crew, I think more like maintenance, handyman stuff. Um, we have a property management company, um, and, um, and then a, a financial arm as well to help people with, with some of that. And I, I kind of play in the leadership space, uh, not super deep into any of those other areas, um, but kind of set in trajectory and that sort of stuff. That's awesome. And how long have you been with Wits now? Oh, let's see. It's been uh, twenty, early twenty seventeen. So is that, that five years, six years, something like that? My uh, my math teacher told me, Nick, you should never do public math. So I'm not gonna. <laughs> I'm not gonna that. bite. Um, but whatever you say. Is, yeah. <laughs> since twenty seventeen, and and um, you didn't exactly help start it, but you did become an owner in the last. It was around twenty twenty one, right? That you. Uh, yep. So as part of a, a partner there. Yeah, as part of kind of my transition on, I was our second full time agent. Um, so it's just an itty bitty okay. little boutique brokerage that we've kind of grown into what it is today. Um, and so, uh, I, one of the, the like nuggets, the carrots, so to speak, to, to get me on was, uh, some ownership stake that, that eventually vested, uh, when I produced enough uh, revenue for the company. Um, so it was kind of always the plan to become a part owner. and, And that happened, uh, about three years in. That's awesome. Um, and then with uh, your real estate investment, just at a high level, do you mind telling our listeners the what you're predominantly invested in? Are you doing mostly single family, small multifamily, or are you doing some large syndicated deals or a mix of it all? Um, so I, I work and play in the same space. Uh, as of right now, I am single family up to a fourplex. So all residential financing, um, for any of your guests who don't know, uh, financing switches to a commercial loan at five units or above. Um, not necessarily bad, just a different space. And so, uh, I like to, uh, one of the things I like to do is just, you know, focus in on what, what do I know the best, um, and try to, to really get after that. And a syndication sounds fun. Uh, I, I really wouldn't mind getting into it someday, but, uh, as of right now, I'm just trying to build the foundations. Love it. Right on. Love it. Running in your lane. I think that's great. Well, let's jump back a little bit here, Eric. Tell us some of the early life. Where'd you grow up? Family, you know, were folks entrepreneurial? Tell us a little bit about what you were doing way back in the day. Yeah, for sure. So uh, I'm Minnesota born and raised. So I grew up in Rochester, uh, moved up to the Twin Cities area. So Minneapolis, St. Paul for, for college. And then I just never left. Uh, I tried lots of times. Uh, I, <laughs> I tried. I tried going to college out of state. I applied to the University of Hawaii, um, and that would have been fun. <laughs> I, you know what? I, so I, I ended up in college. I did a quote unquote study abroad for for January in Hawaii, and man, nice. it was such a such a blessing. I really enjoyed being there for one month in January. And it was such a blessing to yeah. me that I did not go there. Island life is not for me. I am way too high strung for that. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, so I've been a Minnesota boy. Uh, and I, so back in the day, uh, my first job was delivering papers as a paper boy. I actually kind of forgot about it. Uh, but that, that like kind of got me into, oh, like if I deliver more papers, I make more money. I like that. Now the pay was terrible. It was honestly sure. awful. Um, but I, I credit my dad in particular for, for pushing me towards that. Uh, he is a sales guy. Um, he is, he is actually, 
I didn't realize this until I got into kind of the entrepreneurial space, but he's, he's the one who like was the pilot light for my entrepreneurial flame. Like it was just always mm-hmm. kind of there. Uh, I just like watched and learned. Um, and that's where like most of my sales training was watching my dad just like live his life. Like I, I just really feel like uh, if you're, if you're in any sort of sales role, you're, you're not just selling something for your job. You're selling everything that you believe in all the time. And I, that was, uh, and that, that like, I internalized that. And so as like, you know, thinking forward into real estate, this jumps ahead a little bit, but like, once I realized how awesome real estate is, I became a huge, like it's raving fan. Right. And so selling to me has never been about getting people to do something that they don't want to do. It's about making sure that we lay out all the options and open up their mind to new concepts and then say, Hey, do you want to come along with me on this? And I I learned that from my dad from a very young age. Um, So I'd say that's where the, the, the seeds were planted, so to speak. Um, But that was not really, uh, it's kind of like bamboo, like the seed was planted. And then like, I don't know, it's like, five, six years later, you, you start to see the sprout. Like I, I went to college. I worked a W2 job. I was working at a a couple of fortune 500 companies and their inventory management. Um, and I ended up getting laid off from, from those jobs. Um, but it wasn't before I had a, a friend and kind of a real estate mentor, uh, talk to me about the idea of passive income. I read a couple books. I told him that he was, really kind of off his rocker. Um, and then he was kind and gracious enough to like, keep kind of just, you know, poking at me being like, Hey, this is, this is good. You, you gotta come over. The water's warm. It's not good. (laughs) You know, no sharks, just, uh, just come on over into real estate. And, uh, so eventually I, I did that. I, I got into, got into real estate kind of I, I say, but first, um, so it was, if you, if you're familiar with the, the concept of house hacking, so you buy a house, you live in it, you rent out the extra rooms, your, your extra room tenants pay for your mortgage. So this was back in 2014, um, when you could buy a four bedroom, single family house, live in one of the rooms and make $200 a month from your tenants. So mm-hmm. I lived for positive $200 a month cash flow. Um, eliminating my largest expense, which is housing. Most people's housing costs them somewhere between 25, but really more like a third, 33% of, of their total disposable income. And that just went, I went positive on that expense. So, um, Mm -hmm. that really was kind of the, the kicker of like, I was like, man, this is amazing. Everyone should do this except for not everybody. Cause I, I still need people to live with me. So, you know, but, uh, that was kind of the, I was like, wow, this wasn't that hard to find. Although I did look at like 50 houses, like <laughs> God bless my realtor for showing me that. Many houses. Um, and I realized how much I enjoyed it. I loved the I love the thrill of the chase to find the the right deal, the right numbers. I have a degree in finance, so like the background of the, like the spreadsheets and the numbers that was all like I had some like guiding principles. Um, shout out to Bigger Pockets back in the day. I started listening to episode right. six. So wow, um, yeah, <laughs> yep. Uh, and so I just kind of like followed along with them, kind of layered on uh, some some of my own like Excel knowledge and um, and general intuition about that, and and that got me into real estate. And then all the while I was still working my W two job, uh, but it was through that time where I was just learning about the industry, and then ended up getting like, <clears throat> excuse me, laid off. And that same real estate mentor, he was like, Hey, I think I'm going to go get my real estate license. And I was like, Oh, brilliant. I'm going to do that too. Uh, I'll do it with you. Uh, he ended up not getting it, but I was the one that ended up following through. And then I, I like shortly thereafter sold his house. Um, so it was just a a wild, wild little ride. Um, but 
through that process, even, even while I was taking the classes that like lead up to taking the classes, I was like, I'm just going to go get another corporate job. I'll like sell to my family and friends, but I'm just going to use this so I can really, it was like, I wanted the MLS access. I wanted to be able to go look at properties when I want, where I want. Um, and if I happen to snag a commission or two, that sounds great. Um, but then I started doing it and I getting into the classes and I, I called, called my friend and I was like, Hey, should I, should I actually just do this full time? And he was like, yeah, of course. I don't know why you considered not, but yeah. <laughs> and, and that just resonated with me. I'm, I'm very much a, like a two feet all in sort of person. So, mm. um, so I got licensed in 2017 and, um, and unfortunately what that did is it cut off my, my W2 income and therefore my, uh, my income that was uh, like qualifying income, which, uh, yeah. which really put a hamper on our investing for a couple of years yeah. until I had the, the tax returns for it, but we made it for last time. So, uh, I've been talking for a long time. How, how is that? How is that for what you're looking for? That's an amazing high level sort of overview. I, I, uh, I'm curious with your dad and the sort of just principle. I love how you describe that, like the, the pilot light or even just like he's instilling all of this kind of wisdom and skill in you that you didn't even realize until years and years later. Um, did you have any sales experience prior to um, going into real estate? No, it was completely cold. Um, wow. <laughs> Because what did you study in school and when you're in the, I, I mean, I guess you said you were doing like some supply chain work when you were, um, working the, the more W2 yeah. positions. So I, I have a degree in finance and I was in okay. supply chain. So, uh, not, it was like analyst all the way, um, no sales. Yeah. However, I think this is what really, like, I've always had an interest in marketing so yeah. I was a marketing major first, and then I realized when hard times come, who gets laid off first? It's all the marketing people. So I was like, <laughs> I have way too many student loans for for me yeah. to, to get laid off. Ironically, and then I, I, I ended up getting laid off. But, and then you got laid um, off. But yeah. But uh, I was like, hey, these marketing jobs all end up in, in sales. And I was like, I... I can't, I have way too much outstanding debt to when I was first starting, uh, to, to be able to, to go and, and do any sort of commission-based work. Um, mm. there's a book called set for life by Scott trench, where he kind of talks about this, this concept of like, you, you have to unburden yourself from any outstanding debts. And I, like, I've never been a big consumer debt person. However, I did have these, these student loans and, uh, by the grace of God, I was able to to buy that first property, which really helped uh, kind of offset some of those things. But it was, um, I wouldn't say it was a struggle, but I, I knew that there was, a, there was a monthly number I had to hit. And that really limited my ability to like go out there and take risks and see opportunity because I, I was bound to it. And so in, in this story, part of why I was able to jump into real estate after getting laid off was, well, one, Best Buy gives a really nice severance. I don't know if they still do, but it's like, hey, you get six <laughs> months severance. Wow. And that was awesome. So, uh, you right. know, in talking with my wife, we, we decided, hey, um, she was working uh, at the time. And we were like, we can... I think we could, with a little bit of like tightening up of the budget, we could totally live off just your salary. And mm -hmm. so we took that whole six months of, of my severance and dumped it on my student loans and, and paid them off. And, wow. and that gave me a lot of freedom knowing that, hey, Ra Rachel's going to be bringing in our, our monthly number, which we just dramatically reduced. And we have no more like what I like to call have tos. Like we have no car payments. We have no student loans. We have just our, our living expenses of which, um, at the time I, so we had gotten married. I had moved out of that first house. It was functionally paying for our rent. Um, cause I, I couldn't, you know, go buy another house. Um, 
without a job. So, um, so yeah, like all of our major expenses and, and debt obligations were taken care of. And that, that really allowed us the kind of the, the runway, so to speak. Cause once I got into, as you said, I, I had no sales training and, um, and my brokerage was tiny. It was brand new, uh, in yeah. this iteration, it had been around for a while, but like kind of more as a hobby. Um, and, uh, and so when I, when I came on, I had, I had no real training. There's one guy I kind of sort of like followed around for a little bit, but, um, I didn't sell a house for the first six months and mm-hmm. that was okay. Like I was talking with it, right. with my wife, Rachel, and she was, I was like, Hey, give me six months. And if, if we don't do anything, like I'll go get another job. We got to like five months and I was like, I, I'm not going to sell a house. Um, <laughs> but I firmly believe this is what I should be doing. And, and she was like, okay, let's do it. Like, so kudos to her for one, believing in me and two, not pulling the plug a little early. That's good. No. And I, man, I mean, having, there's so many facets to that. I mean, one, you had to learn how to sell Two, um, you know, you were willing to take a risk on yourself. Three, you had support from her. I mean, I think those were all really pivotal moments for you in jumping into this full time, I I'd be curious, what advice would you give to our listeners who maybe feel stuck? You mentioned that, you know, you, you didn't have a ton of consumer debt, but maybe, maybe the listener who says, Hey, I, I feel stuck. I, I want to do what you've done. I want to at least start taking the steps to get there and either have fear there or don't feel like they're qualified or, or maybe even, you know, don't feel like they're in the financial situation to do it. I mean, what advice or encouragement would you give to those guys? Yeah, it's, uh, there's a couple of ways you can slice it. It kind of depends on what's your, what's your fear. What's, what's holding you back. Um, sometimes for some people, it's a mindset thing, right? Like they feel the comfort and safety of the W2, the, the golden handcuffs, if you were, uh, and to those people, I'd say you're one layoff away from having zero, income right like that was that was me um and yeah you could go get another job but like how much of your life is going to be upended by that you might you might be moving cities states to to go get that next job and that doesn't align with my values so i i some people might be okay with with doing that but i i'm trying to be rooted where i am and um and be invested here so like that's kind of off the table for me so so there's, there's the, like the mindset of like, Hey, is this, this feels risky. And I'm like, well, is it like, what's the worst that happens? And this is actually kind of a common theme. I'll like find something that I like doing and I'm like, Hey, could I like do this kind of indefinitely? Could I make money off of doing this? And then, and then inevitably I'll like mountaintop there and then I'll come down into the Valley and be like, okay, what's really the worst that happens? Like, let's, let's scenario plan this out. Like I'm actually not very good at just kind of off the cuff stuff. I, I, I literally have to like visualize, okay, what would my life look like if I were hmm. in the trenches of this thing? Like, let's say that my business utterly failed. That doesn't change who I am. That doesn't change anything about me other than now I, maybe I go bankrupt. Okay. So be it. Like, that's it. Um, uh, I learned so much. Now the next thing that I go start, I'm going to be that much better off. And yeah, it might take me a little while. I might have to build up the savings again, do whatever, but like it'll be that much easier. Right. And so, and then, so then you come back up to the mountaintop and you're like, okay, let's go, let's get after it. So I think there's some of the mindset stuff. And then the other part is just building out the the financial acumen. Um, So one is a, a big, big one is live below your means. Like just because you have the money, don't spend the money. It's really easy to spend the money, mm-hmm. but, um, man, I'm so bad with quotes, but there's, there's a quote, uh, a, a penny or a dollar saved is a dollar earned. Um, so if, if you ever heard that, that's actually inaccurate with our current tax system, a dollar saved is more like a dollar 33 earned because you don't have to pay taxes on savings. <laughs> right. And so go really look at your budget. If you don't have a budget, get a budget, uh, cut back on unnecessary spending. If it feels like you're budgeting and you're not like a little bit tight 
you're probably not actually budgeting. You're probably just setting like a little kind of feel good threshold. You can tighten it back. It's like 10 to 20% from, from that, from where you're like, no, this is pretty easy. 10 to 20%. You won't even feel it after three weeks. Right. So I think those are some of the big things. And then, yeah, just get out from underneath any debt. Uh, it's really hard to, to see opportunity as opportunity when you're afraid of the downside. Mm -hmm. So, and, and debt really does kind of handcuff you for, for that. And I'm not saying all that is bad. I'm leveraged to the gills in real estate, but it's 30 year fixed, fixed rate debt. And the asset is performing so that I'm making cash flow on it every month. Right. Like leverage is good. Consumer debt is bad. So, um, I'm, I'm no Dave Ramsey. Uh, that's for sure. But uh, none of us are. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I think that those would be where I, was, where I would start. And then I, I guess maybe the, the third leg to that, that stool would be if you're in a job that's not paying you very much money, you have two options. You can either go get a different job that pays you more or start a side hustle. There's plenty of time in the day, Right. Yeah, you're not going to be able to do some of the fun things that you were doing before. But you know what is fun? Having some freedom. Yeah. <laughs> and also, you get to pick what it is. Go find something that you like doing. So now that you mentioned that, that's something that I really want to uh, for you to speak to is this idea of freedom. Because um, that was one of the things that you really introduced me to early on when we were talking about real estate investing and just really the way that you've set up your life. I know that you've thought a lot about freedom and what you want the future to look like for yourself and for your family. And so um, talk to us about um, some of it is your why for uh, for investing and for helping others to invest. Um, and some of it as well is just like defining uh, what does a, a life of financial freedom look like for you and why does that get you fired up? Yeah, um, th- that in and of itself, you guys, you know, your podcast is called An Abundant Journey. Um, it's, it's a journey. Um, I feel like, I started out with, I would say, arguably, like, uh, the wrong intentions. Um, I started out thinking about this as like, hey, what is, what's in this for me, right? Like, mm-hmm. what do I get if I have uh, have money where I, I could say, I think it was maybe a Grant Cardone, have FU money, right? Yeah. It's like, well, that's like, that's, some people get fired up by that, but like, and it can it can be a great motivator, but that's actually like nobody cares. Uh, like <laughs> that's that's not that. at the at the end of the day. Like, Grant C- Cardone, if you're listening, nobody cares, man. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> the dude is great at stuff. Yeah. Um, and and I think he got got that part wrong. It's like yeah. the, the the actual motivating factors um, to start with for me, honestly, like super transparent. It was greed. Uh, like I wanted to have certain things and I wanted to, uh, and it masqueraded as like, as things that were, that were good. Right. Like it was like, Oh, I want to have time freedom. That's great. I, I still want that, but now my heart posture is in a different place. It's like, uh, why do I want that? Well, I want that now so I can go spend time doing things that benefit other people and, and invest in things that, uh, like I, I have no desire to stop working when I'm, I'm, I'm actually, so I'm not yet financially independent. However, on the way, right. I have no desire to stop working when I hit that number. I don't care. Uh, but what I do like, and what this is, this is the motivating factor for me is I no longer have to pick and choose opportunities that are directly tied to income. It opens up so much more and so much stuff that is so much more fulfilling when, you know, when, when you think about like, Hey, what, what are your values? Like as a person, as a family, um, you're going to be semi-limited based off of your, your income, um, and your, your needs there. Cause like everybody needs to eat. Everybody needs a place to live. Like those are real things and they, they cost real dollars. 
even if you're, you know, of the wartime mentality um, and you're, you're trying to scrimp and save and, and live well below your means, like I'm all for that. Cause that means you get to be more generous. Um, and uh, like it, you still have some base level there, right. That that's just required. And so to me, financial independence has morphed into like, instead of, Hey, can I go get that cabin or uh, that, Airbnb property that, or, or even just like the notoriety of being the guy who did this, you know, by a certain age or whatever, like any of those things, like that has by God's grace kind of diminished, uh, over this journey for me. And, um, and I'm, I'm hopeful that that continues to happen. And, and ultimately it, it pushes me more towards like, Hey, how, how can I help people? What, what gifts has, has God given me that uniquely wire me to be a blessing to other people. Um, and so, you know, we could take that a a handful of different ways, but, but ultimately like that's, that's really the goal. Like I want to be able to not be tied down by my work being tied to my income. Um, and also it's just more fun when you're not thinking about you so much, right? Like I'm a, I'm, I'm a more joyful person when I don't have to be worried about one, what other people think of me or two, what I think of me. Um, Mm -hmm. like, you know, like, and, and at least for me, it's very easy to like, I love the numbers. Right. And I, so I don't actually look at dollars as like a, as, as dollars. They're, they're more so like, it's a measurable thing for me. Like I, I can track dollars. And so it's, it's easy to get lost in the, like, the competition of it, so to speak. Um, it's a, it becomes like a, a game uh, of like, Hey, can I get more? Can I get more? And, and then I listened to this one uh, Ted talk a while back and the guy, he just asked, Hey, what is enough? And I was like, Oh, Oh, well, that's great question. <laughs> that's a great question. <laughs> Shoot. Um, and I was like, and so then I, I like kind of comp- contemplated that for a little while. And I was like, what is enough? Um, and at at first it was, it was like, Hey, I want this thing, this thing, and this thing. And then then all of a sudden I noticed, it was like, yeah, but also like, and this thing and, and also maybe that thing. And then by the time I was done, I was like, Oh, so I want like the world completely. (laughs) Like, that's what I want. And I'm like, Oh, that's actually kind of gross. That's actually not like, that's not loving. That's not kind. Um, like my heart is not in the right place about this. And that was, that was kind of a linchpin moment for me of being like, okay, like let's, let's reassess this whole thing. Like, Lord, if you want me to like change my heart here, cause like, this is, this is gross. I don't want this. This is not where joy is any of that. Um, and, and so that, that's been my journey that is continuing to be my journey. Um, yeah, I don't, and now I'm just kind of rambling, so I'll, no, I'll, I'll kick I it back to you that. guys. No, that's that's awesome, and and let me ask you this too. I mean, it it sounds like, you know, you went from being successful in the business world and then jumping into real estate. You knew what it could do for you, and then there's been this shift to all right. This is this is about others. This is about giving. When you made that shift, how did that impact you? Maybe either either physically with your day to day. Or just maybe it is mindset. I mean, what impact did that shift have for you? Um, arguably, I'm a way nicer person. Uh, <laughs> like I'm more fun to be around. Well, ask your wife. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you should. Uh, I I think she would agree with that. Um, and uh, I think I think to a certain degree, there's a, a mindset of abundance that that comes. Um, like I'm just. I care a lot less about the outcomes and I care a lot more about my actions, like the, the, the activities that I'm doing. Um, and the outcomes, if you have the right activities, the outcomes kind of take care of themselves. Um, specifically with the, the right mindset, heart posture, uh, call it what you will. Uh, you know, you couple that with, with some intentional, activities and uh life's just more fun so i think that's kind of like the the crux of it for me 
And I can attest to that. I mean, uh, you helped us uh, buy and sell multiple homes. Um, but uh, in every one of those transactions, I mean, you you really took the time to help us think through um, all of the possible ways that we could uh, set ourselves up best for the, the future. We looked at, I mean, you really encouraged us on... Um, both of the properties that we sold with you um, to look into renting them out and holding on to them. And, uh, you know, certainly that would have come at a, a cost to your yourself and that um, you don't get a, a commission on me not listing my house and uh, and turning it into a rental instead. And so um, in terms of not being uh, outcome um, solely outcome motivated, and then also uh, having that sort of generosity of spirit of that it's like, hey, I've found uh, a lot of freedom in uh, creating passive income through real estate and your desire to help other people do that. I mean, I, I've benefited so much from that. And so it is a really sweet thing. I think that's an example of just what you're talking about with being able to uh, separate what it is that you do with your time and with your life from the income that you have to make. Because if you're feeling a intense pressure um, that you've got to maintain a certain standard of living, which requires that you sell a certain number of, of homes, not to say that this isn't in there somewhere, but just in general, it's like, no, you're freed up to do uh, what you believe is right by people. Um, you're, you're freed up to to help people, um, and you've got a lot more options available to you to help them because uh, of, I think, the, a lot of the, the freedom and passive income that you built for yourself. Would you say that's a fairly accurate summary of kind of one practical way in which that's played out? Oh, totally. And uh, maybe even to like kind of summarize my, my thought process on that, uh, I yeah. think you did a great job and, and picked up on kind of the, the core of it. It's, I want to be a, a guide and an advisor for anyone that I'm working with, uh, help, help them completely know all of their options, right? And so if I need more income just for my, my life, if we're, you know, put food on the table, there are certain things that I know I need to go do, but mm -hmm. never is it help someone, or I should say hurt someone into doing something that they, that isn't in their best interest. Right. Yeah. Like I don't, I don't take it out on my, on the, like the poor souls who decided to work with me. Right. Instead, I know that I, I'm going to do the best that I, I can give the best possible advice for Anybody who comes and says, Hey, Eric, can you help me with this? Like, I want to work excellently for them. Mm -hmm. And I can go talk to more people, right? Like, if I want more transactions, if I want more relationships, I need to go talk to more people. That's the name of the game. And the more I talk to people about literally anything, the more they know me, the more they trust me. And if at some point, uh, I can have just even a brief conversation, which happens basically every time someone asks the question like, Hey, what do you do? And I'm like, I'm a real estate agent. I help people buy and sell single family to small multifamily properties. Okay. That's great. Right. If I do that with 50 people every week, my income is going to be just fine. It doesn't matter whether I give them uh, like, I don't have to sell them on anything. I am helping them solve a problem when the time comes. I'm not manufacturing a problem for them. Yeah. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And it fits so well with that principle of it's just like, if you create value wherever you go, that value is going to come back around to you because people are going to trust you. They're going to like you and they're, you know, not everyone, but most of them uh, are, are going to work with you at some point or uh, another. Um, and yeah. And even to that point, uh, so every time we do a, we call them discovery meetings. It's kind of like the, we are discovering whether or not we're a good fit for you and you're a good fit for us uh, and whether or not we should be your advisor, uh, real estate agent, right? Uh, at the end of that meeting, when we start talking about contracts, the, the, the thing I say to literally everybody is, hey, here at WITS, we hold contracts very loosely because we do. And uh the reason we hold contracts loosely is because if you hate working with us, 
chances are we hate working with you too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? Like there's just too many people who could go help you with this. If we're not jiving, like I'm not trying to force it. Like if, if, if the way that I talk and communicate isn't helpful for you, go find somebody who is right. And you guys both laughed and I am at darn near a hundred percent. Every time I say that people laugh, it's refreshingly blunt, right. From a salesperson to hear, hear something like that. Anytime somebody doesn't laugh, they don't close with us (laughs) regardless of if they sign the paperwork or not. It's uncanny. Uh, and, and I love it. It's a great list, litmus test. I'm like, Hey, if they didn't laugh, chances are like, we'll keep going if, if we think it might work. But like, I'm in my head, I'm like, Hey, we're going to do the best we can for as long as we have with these guys, but I'm not expecting to get paid. And that's okay. Like we just move yeah. on. Yeah. That's awesome. There's so many, there's so many good lessons in that too. I mean, you know, we, we continue as Nick and I have more guests on, the law of reciprocity and and giving and generosity and doing right by people. It just, it, it always comes back tenfold, which is, which is crazy. But I think too, you're hitting on the reality that life is short and you want to work with people who want to work with you and enjoy working with you and share the same values and purpose and are driven in the same way. And man, there's, you know, find your people and, and running those lanes well together, you know, and, and maybe shifting a little bit here, but reflecting on your journey with people and reflecting on, you know, finding those kind of people, who are some folks along your journey that have been pivotal in helping you get to where you are? Um, well, I mentioned my dad, uh, he, he was essentially my first and really only sales coach, um, outside of, and then, and then honestly, the majority of my other, uh, mentors, I had, I had the one, uh, guy who was a colleague at Best Buy kind of put the, the bug in my ear about real estate and most other mentors of sorts actually have no idea that they mentored me. And it's because <laughs> I read all their books. Um, and it's, you know, it's things like Robert Kiyosaki's rich dad, poor dad. Right. Um, Gary Keller wrote the one thing that helps uh, so much of how I think about uh, how to get done the things that matter. Um, man, it, actually Gary Keller is, is a pretty great one. Dude is a savant when it comes to real estate. Um, so he wrote a millionaire real estate agent for just like thinking about a framework for how to do some of these business things. Um, or uh, there's a Perry Marshall's 80, 20 principles of marketing. Like, I like, so it's just a, it's a matter of like, Hey, what, what concept is it that I'm trying to like learn and who, who has done this, right? Like I want to take advice from people who have done it. Mm -hmm. And most of the people who have done this at a pretty high level, um, also have this like abundance mindset and whether or not they get a ton of money from it, most of them have written a book or two or three, right? Um, like Brandon Turner from Bigger Pockets, uh, I learned a ton of stuff from him. He has no idea who I am, although he is from Minnesota, North Branch. So um, you know, we're basically we used to be neighbors. That that's what He's I'm from kind Minnesota. Of, yeah, dude, yep. I thought he was from uh, Washington. I, I've been claiming no, he, Nick and I have been claiming him as a as a Washington local. He used to live there, so you can you can claim him as a local, but by birthright. Minnesota. Man, crazy. So, Brandon Turner, yeah. connecting the world. Love that guy. Yep. Yep. He's great. Um, so, you know, I, I attribute a lot of success to, to bigger pockets. They, they helped a lot. Um, but yeah. even some of the like mindset, like Dan Sullivan, who, not how, that's a great, another great book. Mm-hmm. Um, even the, like, uh, some of, Oh, what is it? Um, how to influence friend or how to make friends and influence people. Dale Carnegie, mm-hmm. like, that was pivotal. Um, the concept, I actually, I never actually finished the whole book, but like the idea of the four hour work week and like, it's, it's actually really similar. I kind of, I'm pretty sure that he kind of ripped that off of Dan Sullivan. Um, <laughs> and, uh, as did, uh, Grant Cardone ripped off the, the 10 X idea from Dan Sullivan. 
Uh, I didn't know I was a huge Dan Sullivan fan. Turns out I am. Yeah. Um, Apparently, I need to read Dan Sullivan so that I can do a ripoff spinoff. Yeah, no joke. It's worked out really well for a handful of folks now. Yeah. (laughs) But all that to say, like, hey, if you don't have people that are, like, physically next to you Hmm. to to do Hmm. this, um, use books, right? Yeah. The same, I, and it applies to any aspect of your life. If I want to um, know more about God, I go read the Bible because mm-hmm. that's like where I learn about what, who He is and, and what He's done. Right? It's the same yeah. for if I want to learn about sales, I go read a bunch of different people's take on sales, and then I come up with my own, and then I rip off everything that I liked about that, and I put it into my own book and sell millions of copies. <laughs> or maybe that's what I'm going to do. Yeah. We'll that's see. Right. Yet, yet to be determined. No, that, that's right. Well, and that, I think that's so good because, you know, again, I, I think the theme that I've just kind of in listening to you is, you know, your story is your story, but other people, everybody's got their own unique story, their own journey. And the resources are the same to you and I. And I think sometimes it's easy, especially in our culture, to look on at others who, and who have become successful or who have reached different levels of success and to say, well, they have what I don't, whether it's skill or fin- access to financing or you know the, the community around them. But the reality of it is, is we all have the same opportunities if we're willing to seek them out, if we're willing to challenge ourselves, if we're willing to take risk. And I think you've showcased that so well because, you know, you didn't have any sales experience. Um, you didn't have any background in real estate, but you took the time, the effort, and the energy to invest in that, uh, which has propelled you forward to, to new heights. So maybe on that and reflecting back through your journey, what are some things you wish you would have done more or less along the journey? Yeah. Um, the big one is I was overly proud to start. Um, I didn't sell anything for the first six months. Um, and that was cause I felt like I needed to do it all. I needed to know exactly the ins and outs of everything. And I had to have my hands in every cookie jar. Um, and I wanted, and I, I touched on the greed factor already. I think they go hand in hand. Um, and it, like I wanted a hundred percent of my deals. I, I really like, I, so I have a real estate team, me and uh, my business partner were co-leads uh, of the Bizey Andrews real estate team. And, um, and we, we tell people, Hey, we can shorten your learning curve getting into real estate by 70%. Mm-hmm. We mapped it out. Like we, we took all the hours and, and put it all into a nice spreadsheet. Like I said, I, I love the numbers. So like, I was like, Hey, what is, what is the number actually, you know, some approximations and whatnot, but we can shorten the learning curve by 70%. And I really wish I would have not been too proud to take some of that, uh, that con- those concepts and say, Hey, I'll give you, I'll give you the money. That's fine. I know I don't have much right now, but like, Hey, we want to split stuff. Um, I, I just want to learn. And I, I'm a naturally curious person, but my, my pride got in the way of my curiosity and my ability to get reps fast. Like that's really what it comes down to. I can learn just about anything as long as I get the opportunities to get reps. Right? I might suck at it to start with. And that can be a certain thing. Like I, I hate doing videos, right? Like I, I just don't do them. And it's because I'm bad at them but also because I never do them. It's a cyclical sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So a, sure. a lot of it comes down to like what, if I could say, if there's one thing that I, I have the biggest regret about it is not um, really pressing in and finding someone who had done what I had done and, and just attach myself to their hip. That is the fastest possible way you, you get to run at 150% and it's not that hard because you have somebody who's basically like the engine for you. And so like that might sound a little self-serving for anyone who just put together that I run a real estate team and I told people to come join a team basically. (laughs) Um, But we set it up that way because I'm like, Hey, this is, this is the best way to learn. Um, 
And so I think, I think that's part of it. And then the other one is like, Hey, just stop comparing yourself. Your situation is a little bit different. And uh, no matter what, even if it looks like it's the same on paper, I, I guarantee you there's some significant difference differences. Like uh, if, if someone feels like they have everything that, uh, that you want, but you're like, how the heck did they do that? Chances are they actually have some sort of competitive advantage in some aspect. Your job isn't to, to like say bemoan that and say, Oh, poor me. It's to go figure out what your competitive advantage is. You have one, figure out what it is. Go take advantage of that. Um, and so I didn't have any sales experience, but I did have a dad who had been in sales for 30 years. So mm. I used that and, uh, and I didn't have any experience in real estate, but I did have, uh, one property that I like went through this kind of unique process. So I, I leaned hard into that for like two full years. Anytime anybody asked me about real estate, they basically got that story because it was the only story I had. Yeah. Right. You know? And so you figure out what you have and you just go use it. And I wish I would have done more of that and realized that like, um, being vulnerable and transparent with people, um, like nobody cares about you. Just tell them, like, tell them the story, and if it's exciting or entertaining to them, like, great, go do that. And you know, those are some of the things that I, I'm like, man, I just cared too much about what other people thought, and I was way too proud. I thought way too highly of myself. So, um, in so much as you can affect that, uh, those would be those are the things that I look back on. I'm like, wow, those are great. I yeah, so. Here's to hoping no, that, you know, are... the next decade, I figure some of that out. I, I'm also rel- relatively thick headed. So uh, I'm, it's, again, still a journey. Well, and no. I think everything you're saying uh, relates so well across um, not just real estate, but really any entrepreneurial endeavor. And so for our, our audience, I mean, a lot of folks are um, interested in, in real estate, but um, even in uh, starting a business or, or learning a lot of the entrepreneurial skills. I think that um, entrepreneurship and pride often do go hand in hand, right? Like it takes a sort of uh, person that's like, yeah, I'm going to conquer the world. And and in some ways, like there's a, a natural, like inflated sense of self. Like it's um, entrepreneurship is a bit of an audacious thing when you think about it. Uh, oh, yeah. But so what you're saying as far as like, finding a way to attach yourself at the hip to somebody who has uh, been and gone where you want to go. And, um, and even if that costs you a, a portion of your equity position or commission or, or you, you pay to be part of the, the group, but there's the, um, as much as you can get a guarantee of, of success, like uh, that's incredibly worth it. Um, and then, yeah, finding. I think. Go ahead. Real quick on that, um, I I love this idea, and I want to I want to ground it in they they have to be like equivalent of your values, yeah, right? That's good. Right, it's a, it's a discipleship model. Yeah. So if you if you are their disciple, you're going to look like them. Yeah. Call it apprentice, yep. disciple, whatever you want, um, and so you better be darn sure that that person has the same values as you. Cause you're going to end up looking like them. Yeah. Uh, and that like, so especially if you're going to, what triggered it was the, like the, the pay to play model. Like I'm totally for paying for coaching. Like that's, that's just great. Yeah. But don't assume it's a silver, silver bullet because they, they need to be aligned with your values. Yeah. Otherwise you're, you're going to look like somebody that you're going to look up five years from now and you're gonna be like, who am I? Right. Why am I like this? Right. And so I think, I think that's just really, really critical. Yeah. Nick that's always great. gives me a, a hard time, especially as I've been doing the Ironman training. He's like, bro, you got to read Goggins. You got to follow Goggins. I say, Nick, that's not the kind of values that, uh, that, I <laughs> are you a David Goggins guy, Eric? Do you, do you follow I, I haven't read. Okay. Um, I, I I don't know anything about, but, uh, but I, I know who he is, and I, I get I get. I it. mean, he's a remarkable <laughs> human. It's just, uh, yeah, I like having friends, and I don't. <laughs> I, I, I think he's he'd be a very difficult person to be friends with. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. and and, and that, 
you got to run in your lane. That's so right. I can't be, be comparing be, myself to Goggins. I'm taking uh, Eric's uh, none of words to heart that uh, <laughs> that is not my competitive advantage. I'm going to find a different one. <laughs> that's right. Uh, I love it. That's good. Nick, do you well, want to uh, do you want to take well, us Eric, to that th- golden nugget round, my man? I will. Yeah, no, this has been great, Eric. We're going to transition here before we end the show just to our last part of the, the segment here, and, and it's the gold nugget round. We ask all of our guests uh, for the same four questions. So I'm going to hit you with these, and uh, we'll, let's jump into the first one. So we talk at Abundant Journey a lot about the six Fs of Abundant Journey. I'm just going to have you pick one and tell us what you're working on this year to improve. So we got family, finances, Faith, fitness, failures, and future. So, what's one of those you're working on? Um, yeah, I knew this question was coming, and I was like, ah, you know what? I'll just feel it out when I get there. I'll just feel it out. Um, man, I wish I would have thought more intentionally about the answer to that. Um, but I think the probably the one that's that's most um, near and dear to my heart is is the the faith one mm-hmm. right now. So. Um, so I love, I love Jesus, uh, and following him is of the utmost treasure for me. Um, and I, I would encourage anyone to, if they don't know who he is to, to, to start leaning in there. Um, but the reason, uh, that this is my, my F here is, uh, I've been wrestling with the idea of taking everything that we're talking about and, and risking it, um, about kind of changing our entire family dynamic and potentially going, uh, overseas to, mm-hmm. uh, to people who have never heard about Jesus and, and telling them. Wow. Um, and so that has caused just a ma- massive turmoil in, uh, my heart, but in all of the best ways, just mm-hmm. trying to kind of rethink like some of those things I was talking about before, like, Oh, I thought I thought I was done with greed. Am I like, what if I, what if I didn't have any of these things? What if I didn't have any of these accolades? What if I wasn't a guest on a podcast? What if, you know, any of these sort of things. So like, um, and that's just drawn me near to the Lord and, um, and kind of the, the word that comes to mind for me is like abiding, being, being present with him and, and just kind of asking where he, he wants to lead me. And, um, that has been hard for someone who loves accomplishment and checking the boxes, like, just trying to sit in that has been a challenge, but it's been so good. Um, and so I think that's, that's the F for me. That's awesome, man. No. And I, I'm excited to hear what that looks like for you and your family. If that propels you forward at the very least, you're growing in it now, which is incredible. And so, you know, I, I think that's a, that's a wonderful place to be in, uh, regardless of what direction you take your family. I mean, it's just a continuing evaluation of where your heart's at and what things are uh, are most 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 important to you. So, well, next one here. What's and you've shared plenty of these already with us. So I'm going to make you see if you can come up with one more. But what's a quote from a book or mentor that stuck with you on your journey? Hmm. Um, I'm gonna. Can I can I rattle off three real quick? Of course, yeah, hundred okay. percent. Um, we kind of touched on this, but uh, I think it applies in lots of different places. Uh, very easy to remember. Riches are in the niches. Hey, know your know who your people are that you're trying to get to, and um, and that's that's where like that's where true value ends up being created, right? If you're you're giving stuff to the right people that they want, right? So riches are in the niches. Um, and then uh, when it comes to important things, casual, casualness causes casualties, right? So be intentional. Uh, yeah. like, and then the, uh, the last one is no one gets stronger from an easy life. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't, don't wish that life was easier. Wish that you were stronger, right? That's good. Um, so – use use all of the hardships to to figure out what it where it is that you need to grow yeah no i love that and that those all come back to intentionality nick looks like you want to yeah, say something. well the, so um all three of those are awesome that second one the um when it comes to important things uh casualness causes um casualties 
that's uh, that's kind of the first time I've come across that concept. I'm um, I don't want to park here for too long, but I am curious if you've seen an example of that because um, you're a pretty like in interacting with you, you're a pretty relaxed, easygoing guy. Like in some ways, uh, people would define you as as casual. You're you're not a stuffy, uptight real estate agent, you know, that's always the the suit and tie and every, you know, uh, anyway. Um, but I am curious where you've seen that or where you guard against, uh, casualness. If you could just unpack it a little bit. Yeah. Um, a couple of places are, that are like most important to me is, um, my calendar, right? So I, I, I guard my calendar and, and set priorities based off of my values uh, or rather our family's values. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if I am casual with my schedule, I will say yes to anything. And if I say yes to one thing, that means I have to say no to a thousand other things. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's, that's the, probably the easiest one. Yeah. That's a great um, example. And then uh, uh, secondly, it follows shortly thereafter and kind of ties into um, kind of what we've been talking about today, but like finances, right? So if you're casual about where you're spending your money, you're not going to have any more money. Mm -hmm. Like it's, it's just going to float out. You're going to have the bucket with a bunch of holes in it and money's just going to be going all over the place. Mm -hmm. And you know, that's, you can live that way. But if you want a life of, uh, of abundance, you can't because then you have – when someone comes to you with an opportunity or a great need, you can't be generous and you can't take advantage of the opportunity. Right. right? So I think those are two, two places that I say like, hey, these are, these are really important. Um, and, and I think the, the last one that I'll give as an example would be relationships, right? So if I am with you guys right now this kind of ties off of schedule too. But if I'm with you guys, I'm all in with you guys. Like I'm not, I'm not trying to like check my phone. I'm trying to be present where I am. Um, and so if I'm casual about how much I'm interacting with you, um, and how present I am, um, you're going to get hurt. You're not going to like that. That's going to feel like very off putting and our relationship will suffer. Um, and all for what, like maybe a, a TikTok video. I don't, I'm not on TikTok, but it feels like a good, good situation to, to throw them under the bus. Um, a, a text, you know, something, um, anything like that, that, that is where I think, you know, it, so much of it comes back to, um, just w- what are your priorities? Be intentional about those. That's good. Those are those are great examples, and I can tell you both that my casual uh, eating of Cheez Its yesterday at the lake is going to cause casualties when I work out <laughs> later. So I thought that's where you were going to take that, but uh, I think your examples were. A little I also better. <laughs> uh, just really loved the irony of that, Eric. You're like, I'm not on my phone, and it, it was almost as soon as you said that, I realized I didn't turn on Do Not Disturb, and I got a phone call. Um, so sorry if that showed up <laughs> on the uh, on the audio, but gosh. Yeah, that, that awesome. one hit right between the well, eyes. <laughs> yeah. All right. No, it got you good. Well, last couple here. What's a dream or goal that you have have that you've not been able to make happen yet? Yeah. Um, well, I would say one is financial independence. Um, it's uh, it's I think it's a worthy endeavor um, to to be striving towards. Um, I have not hit that yet. Um, on a more practical level, uh, I've shared, shared this with Nick, um, in the past, but, uh, my goal is to, to own 40 units by the time I'm 40. And then I kind of revised that once I actually tried to do all the math and it doesn't sound as good, but the answer is actually a hundred units by the time I'm 40. Um, and, awesome. uh, it sounds pretty good to me, honestly, man. <laughs> honestly, I, I don't know if, if I'll get there. Um, but in the last year to year and a half, I, I've um, really just kind of handed that goal. Like I'm, I'm still working towards that, but if I, if I don't hit it, that's okay. Like, again, it's about the journey, right? Like I, I will have, yeah. uh, have learned so much through that time that like, if that's, if not, not where I land, I'm fine with that. Like wherever it is, it'll be better if that's not where I land. So, um, well, yeah. That's 
No, that's awesome. And, and, uh, you're going to have a lot more doors than somebody who sets a goal of zero doors by 40. So, <laughs> you know, uh, man, you just, just keep rolling in it and, uh, keep working towards it because those goals, I mean, they're meant to stretch and they're meant to push you. But at the same time, you, like you said, you may not hit the one that you want, but you're going to be a whole lot further than you would be if you if you weren't setting any goals. So I love that. Yeah. Last one here. At the end of your life, what do you hope you'll be remembered for? Um, I, I, I'm going to say this. This comes back to, uh, the, to the values, right? So what do I love and cherish and value the most? Uh, that is That is my relationship with Jesus. Um, so what do I want to be known most for? It's for, uh, sharing the gospel of Jesus with as many people as deeply as possible, um, helping walk alongside as many, particularly men, but people in general, um, in, in any way that, that resembles, uh, the way that Jesus lived and, um, and submitting to him as our Lord and savior. Um, so, if I'm known for anything, uh, I want it to be for making disciples of Jesus. Love it. So good, man. I, uh, yeah, this is, uh, this has been rich and awesome. I'm grateful for you. Hey, if, uh, if people want to connect with you, follow along with everything that you're doing, where's the best place to send them? Well, um, you could put them on social media, Instagram and Facebook. I occasionally post some stuff there. Um, you'll get you'll get some highlights for sure. You post um, some cute pictures, cute pictures of, my kids of your kids, and, man, including your that's newborn. Right. Um, Congratulations! That's right. Uh, thank you. Uh, you'll also get a few random updates. Some maybe some some blog posts, some stuff, stuff that I write that, that gets posted there. Um, but honestly, probably the, the biggest one is you can just email me um, at eric.bizey uh, at witsrealty.com. Um, I'm in that all the time. Uh, if you send me an email, I will, I will get back to you. Um, and, you know, then that, that's the start of a conversation. I'd love to get on the phone with people. Like, if you have questions, like, I'll carve out the time. I love building relationships. So, um, yeah, we'll start there. Cool. That sounds great. And you do have, uh, I get the, I don't know if it's bi-weekly or monthly, but you typically send out a, an email, um, like kind of a newsletter. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, I forgot to do that. It's really high, high quality. Um, so I don't know if that's something, how do people get on, on yeah. that? Uh, send me an email. Okay. Um, then say that you want to you want to get added to to our email list. That's that's probably going to be the best way. We're we're in process of like building out a whole website and where you can just like sign up on your own. But eh, you know, Q four goal. Totally. Well, I will uh, add in the show notes your contact info as well as where people can follow you um, on social media. I'll put a link to Wits in there, and then there will also be yeah, links be to the uh, to the books that you mentioned. Um, there's a handful of the the uh the published mentors that uh, have yes. been influential uh to you so um so listeners make sure to check that out on abundantjourney.net and uh if you've enjoyed the show if you could leave us a review and a star rating on your platform of choice that really does help us out with the algorithm and helps more people find the show and valuable content like this conversation with Eric so, man, thank you so much for your time. You are incredible. And, uh, yeah, blessings in all of the, the continued endeavors that uh, you're off to the rest of the day, the week, and beyond. Thanks, everybody. Yeah, thanks so much for having me, guys. Of course. Absolutely. Well, that's it. Listeners, thank you again as always, and we'll see you next time. Bye.